Welcome to BDO To Go, casual industry conversation brought to you by the restaurant industry professionals at BDO. The constantly evolving landscape of the industry forces operators and owners to adapt quickly and maintain a keen awareness of consumer and economic shifts. Understanding these business impacts and insights is key to the continued success and resilience of the restaurant industry. That's why we crafted our BDO To Go podcast series, a monthly podcast that you can take to go. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us in another episode of BDO To Go, our podcast dedicated to the restaurant industry. Through conversations with community members, we explore industry trends, best practices, and all things restaurants. My name is Meg Potts, co-lead of BDO's National Restaurant Industry Group, and I'm honored to be your host today after being fortunate enough to be a guest on the podcast last year. We're excited to have you join us today as we explore how AI is transforming the restaurant industry. We're joined by Kirsty Turnan, principal with BDO Digital, an enthusiastic helper of businesses choosing to make better decisions with data and AI. Kirsty spearheads our data, AI, and labs teams, leveraging her expertise in artificial intelligence and machine learning. She collaborates with clients to enhance operational efficiencies, automate processes, and employ advanced analytics. Kirsty is dedicated to helping clients navigate the ever-evolving landscape of digital transformation. As a total data geek, I am pretty pumped up for this conversation. Hi, Kirsty. Thank you for being here. Hi, Meg. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, before we dig in, let's start by dishing about our favorite restaurant meals. Growing up, there was a restaurant by me that made the best Mongolian shrimp. I've never been able to find any other restaurant that makes it the same way. They made it with this red sauce instead of like a normal brown sauce. And I haven't been able to recreate it at home. But if I'm honest, I probably haven't tried very hard. (laughs) Kirsty, is there a dish that you've had at a restaurant that you wish you could recreate at home? So I think I would say, you know, we live in a really small town in Nashville, Indiana. It's kind of a little touristy town in Indiana. And there's this place in town that has what's called a veggie benny. And I think I've gone there for the last 10 years. Every Sunday we go and every Sunday I order the same meal and it is polenta and just perfectly crisp spinach and poached eggs. And it's just something that I don't think I could ever probably create at home, but I absolutely love it. Sounds amazing. So occupational hazard from working with restaurants. I find that I'm often hungry, just to let you know. (laughs) Of course. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. So let's start by digging into data and AI. So when you think about it, there are a ton of different terms out there right now, from AI to generative AI, machine learning. It's so hard to keep them all straight. Could you highlight the main differences between them for all of us? Yeah. So, you know, right now, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, there's a lot of different areas of artificial intelligence. Most of the time when we're talking about our clients using it, they're talking about machine learning or right now everyone's talking about generative AI. So machine learning is you think of artificial intelligence as kind of like an umbrella of all of these different things. Right. Machine learning is underneath that umbrella. And that's really kind of a subset of AI that focuses on algorithms and developing models that will help systems learn from the data, improve performance without actually programming it. So you're kind of teaching it something, right? So you might say, hey, I've got a new job opportunity open. Here are a bunch of resumes. Here are the resumes that I really like for this opportunity. I'm going to show those to this machine learning model. And it's going to then learn what is a good 
combination of skills for that job, right? And then it's going to be able to predict, we really think you'll like this particular candidate based on all of the examples you've shown me. A lot of people over the last five years that have been doing AI have been doing predictive analytics, which is is around machine learning. So you think of predicting what that next customer is going to buy or predicting a demand and, and forecasting and things like that. That's been you know a lot of the past use of machine learning. Nowadays, what we're what everybody's all hyped up on is generative AI. And that's really kind of a specific application of AI that involves generating new content. So maybe you're generating new new text, like you're autocorrect, you're you're predict the next word within your texting. We use generative AI, you know, all already. Now we're using it from everything from thinking about building out a description for your website, building, building your actual website building images. We were mocking up some dashboards the other day for a client. We used generative AI to actually create a first version of the dashboard. Really exciting things to be talking about and to see how it can really take us, you know, 10 steps further immediately than we have been able to do before. So with that prediction part, it's, you know, a great example of that on the restaurant side would be to possibly start to predict sales or how our guests might react to a menu shift or when it could be time to take a menu price. Does that all sound reasonable? Yes. I mean, it's just full of opportunities to be able to use AI to improve the business. And, you know, I think the unique thing about restaurants is that you have so much data there. And now the, the problem is that you get so much data in different systems. And I think we'll probably talk about that, but so much opportunity to predict all of those things that you just said at a level that I think a lot of industries don't have as much accuracy, right? Then this this area, you have so much customer behavior information available to you to be able to predict. Yeah, that's amazing. And there's so much information out there and restaurants have just a ton of data, like you talked about, from the ticket level, check level detail to your labor clock in and out, to what the guest is saying and how they're reviewing you and their sediment. It's, I think one of the main problems that they have is that there's just too much data. And it can be so difficult and time-consuming to get your arms around it. So there's probably some other specific ways that restaurant can start to use AI or machine learning to help in those areas. Yeah, there's there's lots. And I'm thinking just think about a chatbot for customer service, right? Whether that's on your website or with your social media or even at a kiosk in in the restaurant. You know, chatbots used to be pretty annoying. They used to be like call centers, right? Where you call and you just scream agent into them at some point because you're just so sick of it getting it wrong. Chatbots with generative AI are another whole world. They can completely take your order and customize an order probably even better half the time than than your employees that are doing that at the at the front of the line there. So I think some of some of the use cases around chatbots are really interesting recommendation systems to be able to make those suggestions on the next thing you might like. I mean, how often do you go into a restaurant and you ask the server, you know, what are your recommendations? Well, what if you actually knew when that person came in before you went to that table, this person is probably going to like XYZ and optimize to our pricing, our menu, we could sell this or, you know, you know, based on what we have available, this is what you should suggest before you go over to that table. Those kinds of things are going to help make the humans in the loop, right? And all of us that are still providing the, the services going to help make us better. And so there's, there's a combination of AI replacing some pieces of it, but also just enabling that human factor to another level. 
And that really goes to like personalizing a guest experience and making everyone feel when they walk in that they're truly special <laughs> and being able to say, this is what I think you're, you like based on what you've ordered before. Right. Of course. Yeah. Because they are special. Like, they are. Everyone is special. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about some of that personalizing aspect. I know I've noticed that when I get on a website to order a menu online and there's a favorite section before the subcategories of appetizers or burgers, and it has some specific items on there, it feels sometimes like that section alone is being targeted to me and my online ordering habits. Do you think that that's happening? I would hope so, right? At this day and age, with all the data that we have, you should have an understanding of what your customer wants. Now, whether we're actually able to make sense of the data in a way to service that up, right? That's another question. But I think this hyper-personalization that generative AI is allowing us to, to work in now creates these expectations of convenience. So there was there there are some people, probably still too, that are, hey, I don't like to be served up what you think I want. It's almost creepy that you knew exactly what I wanted. But we're kind of also almost past that point of being as concerned about that for the convenience, right? Like I'd almost rather you tell me what you think I want and I pick from that than have to go search through your six page online PDF menu and and try to figure it out, right? So I'm gonna give up a little bit of that privacy and I'm okay with the fact that you creepily know exactly what I want versus in the past, that was more of a concern. Will that come off too too big brothery. Well, we know too much, right? I don't think so. I think people are going to expect that hyper-personalization. I saw a, an email campaign the other day where they sent 1.3 million different videos to each to their customers. And those videos were completely customized for that customer. What that person bought, their name, their geographical location, music it thought that they liked, the date of their last purchase. Like it was all customized completely. Like You can never do that with a marketing team before. Now we can take that voice of customer and that personalization to another level. We just have to be careful about balancing it getting too sensitive. And too creepy. <laughs> yeah, it really can. It's such a, it's, it's like, well, that was cool. I, you know, like, but I think people are going to get more and more used to that and that's going to be expected. Well, and I think that hyper-personalization aspect can come into such big play right now with what we're seeing with guest traffic in the economy. Guests appear to be pulling back a little, sometimes not coming as often, sometimes ordering less when they do come, maybe not getting the fries, but it's making it difficult to forecast sales since it's different than their normal seasonal pattern. And it feels like we can use the data or generative AI to help really predict and forecast out what they can expect within the restaurants and really use that hyper-personalization to connect with the guest and change how they're viewing you. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, everything we've been talking about is exactly that. You should be able to predict these things, right? And, and that should result in making better decisions in a more proactive way. I even had one client where they were so focused on the voice of the customer and analyzing that behavior that they wanted to create like a digital twin of their customer base. So for every customer and all the information that they had on them, they really should be able to have almost like this digital profile of that customer. And then what they could do is they could take promotions, price changes, menu changes. They could bounce that against that digital twin profile of every individual customer 
to be able to ask the AI, what is this person going to think of this change and get results back? And that it's almost like a virtual customer focus group that you can use. I think that's a whole nother level of applying the hyper-personalization and getting it right and doing multiple iterations to be able to test, is this too far? You know, that's really interesting because sometimes you have restaurants as they're trying to test out new menu items or price changes, they may do it in one location first and see how the guest reacts. And so this is almost doing that for you in the background on the digital side. Yeah. And it's, and it's not your end all be all, right? It's, it's, it's not always going to be perfect or, you know, hundred percent accurate, but it gives you a, a good starting point so that you're not wasting those efforts immediately, right? You've got a little bit more of a targeted approach and you've thought through it a little bit more when you get to that real customer focus group. That's so interesting. You know, another big hot issue in restaurants right now is labor and, you know, servicing the sales that are coming through the door. Right now, as the sales are dropping a little, our restaurants are having trouble being more nimble and quickly recognizing that there's a dip in our sales. And instead of continually staffing for the sales that they hope will be there, they need to adjust and react and staff for the sales that are there. But as we talked about, there's so much data and operators are swamped and they don't really have access to that data. I know that there's ways that AI could go in and review those those shoulder day parts. I'm looking at from 2 to 4 p.m., what's really happening or comparing stores. Does that sound like things that they could easily pull out and highlight for different restaurant groups? Yeah, I think the thing that's made this type of real on, you know, on-demand forecasting and optimization of, of staffing and, you know, financials and so forth has been the fact that we can't keep doing it over and over because it takes time. So yes, maybe you end up with an Excel model that has some of this feeding into it and you've got an analysis of it, but you can't refresh that, you know, every three minutes and get real recommendations on how to adjust in real time. And that's what generative AI is now providing for us. So I can be feeding it all of the customer information. I can be feeding it reservations. I can be feeding it weather. I can be feeding it, hey, there's a I don't know, some kind of riot or parade or whatever it might be locally that's creating a lot more foot traffic today that we didn't expect yesterday. I can be feeding all that information in. And in the meantime, it can be kind of overlooking all of that and continually trying to optimize schedules, pricing, and create a a much more dynamic view of the restaurant and and then feed up, kind of surface up those, those decisions that need to be made. And that is when, you know, the restaurant manager then is making making the decisions in real time, that becomes a complete competitive advantage to what they had before. So it's really like AI and and all of those things involved in it helps quiet the noise of all of the data and the chaos that's coming at the restaurants right now. Yes. So our my vision and what we're working on for our clients is we want to take all of the data analysis, all of the dashboards, all of the, you know, Excel spreadsheets, All of that work that we spend all day, every day doing, and we want to serve up the decisions. So you're not coming in here to look at five different dashboards. Let's say, you know, look at voids and and try to understand if there's potential fraud going on. You're not going to do that. What you are going to do is you're going to come into your environment and it's going to say, hey, there's an inconsistent amount of voids from previous months. You know, this looks like an anomaly and here's what we think you might want to do about it. Click this button to do X, Y, Z right? That's what's going to change our workflow. And that's what's going to change 
a manager's day from from looking at data and trying to make decisions from what happened last week or last month or last year to then being proactive and being able to be right on the spot with those decisions and impact the restaurant immediately. I think that's going to be a whole new world. And I think we have to get to that point and we can now with generative AI. You know, it's really about getting to that decision intelligence and, and serving it up, like you said, right there. Here's what you need to look at right this minute. The funny thing is, is years ago, I used to joke with a client of mine that he he wanted to wake up with the data and the actionable analytics imprinted on his brain as he opened his eyes. And it feels like we're getting to that point where it's not going to be imprinted on the brain, but you're going to be able to open something up and basically see those top five highlighted items for you. Yeah, I, I imagine it's, it's kind of like a control center of your your day, right? And now mm-hmm. you've got a control center versus I've got 15 applications, including my email that I just kind of go back and forth through all day long trying to get stuff done. Now it's this control center and something high, you know, kind of like pops up in red when I need to address it. And then hopefully those reds get fewer and fewer as I'm making better decisions. And then, you know, I start getting greens that I can make decisions to impact the business in a positive way immediately. So that that control center is is really that holy grail of, of what we're imagining for our clients as well. So having said all of this, we know that AI can come in and make our lives easier and make the data more transparent, more immediately actionable. But we probably need to tread carefully before just jumping right in. I'm sure there's a lot of cautions and items to think about before considering the use of of AI in any operation. Do you have a couple that you can walk through? Yeah, I mean, we really try to make it simple and simplify it down to five steps. So five steps are first, you got to educate yourself on what the possibilities are. The possibilities are changing daily, whether it's analytics or generative AI now or robotic process automation. All these things have been out there and are creating all kinds of unique opportunities. So educate yourself, educate your team on what's happening. We do things like AI briefings for clients. We help our Clients um, go through kind of training and what should you know today about new technology that's out there and just kind of keeping people up to speed. I also have a bunch of LinkedIn people that will follow to just try to keep in the loop of, of what's happening. And then we usually suggest that we create a small technology task force. And whether they're looking at AI or analytics or building a better foundation, they're at least the ones that are educated on what the possibilities are. And then step two is all about use cases. Look throughout the the business and try to identify what are the things that if you could solve would truly make a lasting impact on the business. True ROI levers that we can pull by using technology to make an immediate impact. So once you identify those use cases, now you know what's possible and you know how it can help your business. Then you got to go and you got to think about the foundational elements. So let's say you've got two use cases. Do you have a cloud environment? Do you have a place to put your data? Do you have a secure environment? Are you aware of all the data privacy regulations? Because you're dealing with a lot of sensitive customer data. Are you dealing with that in the right way? And then once you've got that foundation created, then it's all about making sure that we've done the enablement and adoption. I think a lot of people forget this with any tech implementation. It's always like, get it turned on, get it turned on, and kind of forget about getting people on board. That is so key with AI because there's a lot of fear around it. And there's a lot of, am I going to lose my job? So making sure that we've got a whole, you know, we, we bring kind of a toolbox to our clients that says, okay, here's a communication plan. Here's how you can do a social influencer type of internal program to get people talking about it, get people excited about it. 
here's what not to say, right? You don't go into your team and say, hey, how do I automate you? You don't say, what do you do so I can automate it? You have to start with a different approach. And so we have a lot of key areas and capabilities with our enablement and adoption team, our change management team that allows us to help help clients um, do that in a better way. And then the fifth step is just go and grow. I think the worst thing anyone can do right now is sit back and wait for their competitor to take it on and see what they do. You're going, you probably already missed the boat if that's even remotely in your mind, right? Get in there, start thinking about it, get chat GPT personal accounts so you can start playing with some of these things and really start understanding what it can do for you. I love that phrase you just said, go and grow. You know, sometimes we get into decision overload where we can't just make a decision and go. So I, I like the way that you phrase that. <laughs> it's important to sometimes just do it, you know, get out yes. there and, and take advantage. Because this isn't I, going away. I think that's the other thing that we all realize now, right? This isn't, you know, something that's going to be hyped up and then go away. This is going to be a foundational element of our lives. So we need to figure out how to use it. So you and I, we, we both love the possibilities of what's ahead. What's the most satisfying part of your role right now, spearheading the data and AI team? I think probably for me, it's that it's when a, a restaurant or a business can identify the fact that they have an opportunity to completely change their business model in a way that allows them to open themselves up to a new market or a new customer that they never thought possible before. So you, you think about, you know, there's a lot of clients that might be collecting certain types of data, then now they can monetize that data or they can expand into a certain market because they're able to explore those markets and those customers without doing a ton of market research and paying a lot of money for that. Right? There's, there's just a lot of opportunity that some of our smaller clients have never been able to take advantage of. You know, used to you had to have 20 data scientists sitting in your, your office to be able to think about AI models. Now you need a 18-year, 15-year-old, 10-year-old to start exploring it, right? So there's the kind of the democratization of technology is really becoming apparent with these tools. And I think for a lot of my clients that have never had that advantage before, I think it's a really exciting thing for them. So it must be in your mind a lot. I know that when I'm in a restaurant with family or friends, I sometimes find myself thinking about their structure and areas they could adjust or tweak. Or I look at their menu layout, guest traffic patterns, how the labor is operating. Do you suffer from that same illness when you're in a restaurant or a store? Do you start analyzing how how we could transform it with some of these pieces? Yes, it is. It's, it's an illness. <laughs> it's an illness that if I want to spend time with my family, I probably shouldn't go to a place that collects a lot of data that I can analyze, right? Because I'm thinking about that the whole time too. I'm like, oh, why did they look at that? Look at this pricing, right? Like, they could just change this and I would have bought that and this. And I wonder if they're collecting this data. And that's probably my brain most of the time, which is another problem. But <laughs> it really does create this kind of, I think also if you're a bit of a disruptor personality, you just want to help fix things, right? And you right. see so much opportunity. And, and that's what's exciting about this industry is there is so much opportunity. I mean, there are very few other industries that have so much information on their customers that know their customers so well, so personally. It's it's exciting to see them be able to take advantage of it. And yes, it can be frustrating when you feel like they could be doing more and you have those tools to, to help them, but you can't. That's one of the things that I've always loved the most about the restaurant industry is how dynamic it is because you can find something and make a change that day or tomorrow instead of, you know, having to wait six months or a year to put it into place. 
definitely. So AI can do a lot, but it can't do everything. What do you think one aspect is that it can't replace in the dining experience? It can't replace the the human touch and that personalized interaction we all have, right? That veggie Benny was made for me for the last 10 years. That made it special to me. And it wasn't just because the food was amazing, right? I had a personal connection with that person, that chef, that made me want to come back to that environment. If a robot was serving me that, well, I think that would be pretty cool for me. I don't know that I could say what the row, like, I, I just don't have that connection. So I think that those personalized connections and interactions with people are always going to make dining special. And it's such a, an experience that that's what people are expecting more, right? They're expe- expecting that experience and they don't want to lose that. And restaurants have that ability to create a very warm personal connection via their staff and via their ambience and maybe even around the artistry of the, what they create. Those are all things that AI is going to try to, right? But we'll, we'll fall short of completely replicating. So I think it, it definitely has to be seen as a tool. It's going to augment and support the dining experience. But I, I kind of hope it never does replace the full human interaction. Because for me, restaurants are an experience. And I love that, that part of it. Yeah, that's really well said. AI can't do it all. You do still need that gut reaction or inside knowledge or personal nature to really make it come to life and help you tailor that experience to the guest. Definitely. Well, Kirstie, thank you for joining us today. Yes, this is wonderful. Thanks so much. For me, it's extremely exciting to imagine how much AI can help the operators and really quiet the noise for them, as well as to highlight trends and opportunities that are available. But it's definitely clear we need to establish goals, train our teams, like you talked about, and ensure data privacy before diving into the world of AI. To all of you out there listening, thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration on how AI is transforming the industry. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. We invite you to subscribe to the bdo to go podcast, and we'd love to have you join us on our next episode. Have a great day and enjoy a meal at a restaurant. Thank you for listening to BDO to go past episodes and related insights are available at BDO.com slash BDO to go, or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate review, share, or subscribe to this podcast. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's restaurant industry practice and the resources we provide, visit www.bdo.com slash restaurants.